She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. different than a sax, sounds yes. different than a piano, sounds different than a drum, sounds different than a bird singing. Yeah, or a didgeridoo. On top of that, I get to be by your side while you do this? Come on, that's gotta be legal. Like, this is too much awesomeness. Some of it is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think. It's like, oh, it would be nice to know, to, to put it this way. Like, I'm drawing a blank. It's that love and family, that's all there is. <laughs> well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. What was Whoa, that? Weird. I don't know what I channeled. Yeah, that's freaky. <laughs> Welcome. It's good to have you here. It's very nice to have you here. What are we talking about today, Alistair? Well, we are exploring the question, what's your medicine? And we're also exploring our answers to that question. And if you think you can't talk about this for an hour and 15 minutes, you're mistaken because we did. Okay, (laughs) let's get into it. Let's get into it. you far up people hello welcome to the far up podcast well hi it's nice to have you here today it's good to have you for episode 120 oh my god we were just reflecting on that it's like who would have thought solidly into our third year of podcasting now solidly man it's nice it's been so wonderful i can't help but just love this journey we've been on with the podcast I've heard Jordan B. Peterson talk about, he was talking about podcasts, but also YouTube conversations, like long format, uh, unedited kind of things, uh, a lot like what we do. Uh, and he referred to it as uh, as significant, if not more significant, than the Gutenberg Press, mm-hmm. which blew me away. And, and if you don't know, the Gutenberg Press was kind of what revolutionized books, right? And allowed more, uh, books to be accessible because before that you had to, like copy them yeah. right? and it was really expensive and time consuming the gutenberg press changed all of that yeah and he's kind of made the parallel that this is our gutenberg i mean this this makes it's just like we're literally we've recorded in so many different places in so many random ass places and and every time like what we share is going out and is available to virtually everyone that has access to the internet, which is a solid amount of the world population. And they don't even need to have to be able to read. Yeah, you know? that's um, which is huge. And we all get to engage in these kind of long form conversations. And it's a lot different to absorb ideas through oral tradition through yeah. like speech. We're, we're more wired for that yeah for sure. we are yeah. it, it's it's really amazing to be a part of that and to be able to like deliver that anywhere anytime that you know we feel like we can talk about something yeah it's really fun really really fun <sighs> yeah well 
To start off today's episode, we have a review to share with you all. All right. Mm. Well, let's get to it. All right. So uh, this person gave us five stars. We're on a good streak of only five stars. I keep waiting for the moment. Well, we're going to have less than that. <laughs> I don't know if we, maybe we never will. Uh, but and the title is Sharing Freely, Unabashed, A Breath of Fresh Air in Podcasting. Oh. Julie Roxanne's and Alistair's enthusiasm and openness are intoxicating and heartwarming. I found the podcast over a year ago, but only recently started listening. After 10, 15 episodes, I feel like they are my friends. Oh, I love when people say that. They share their experiences and thoughts on quite a few subjects, managing to do so without being preachy or know-it-all. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an experienced traveler in my 60s, yet I am learning a lot from them. Thank you very much, Far Out Couple. May you continue to learn, grow, and share whatever you do and wherever you are. Oh, my God. Uh, and so this is a podcast from Mike who reached out to this us. Is this, from- this is a review from Mike uh, who reached out to us by email. And uh, he actually was super lovely. And I love getting to meet people. So if you, if even if you haven't left a review just send us an email if you want to talk because there's nothing we like more than getting to know you and getting to know who the people uh that are listening to us um and so he reached out and he asked us if there was a way he could support the podcast without being a patron which you know is fair we've had that he wanted to make a one-time donation yeah and we've had that a a couple of times and so um we've decided to set up a paypal so that people can do that and uh, he was very generous and gave us a beautiful donation and our heart is just full thank you so much mike thank you mike and uh, yeah, he's blazed the trail. So if uh, if you want to do the same, yeah. uh, this this podcast takes a lot of resources um, yeah. to to put together, and every little bit of support helps. Yeah, which is also why we were going to talk about cacao next. Yay, cacao! Let me take a sip of my cacao before we do this. <laughs> this is our second cacao of the day, by the way. <laughs> oh, cacao! So, if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably know that once in a while we like to plug our cacao supplier, Keith's Cacao, and we actually have a podcast with him, which we'll link in the show notes of this episode. His name is Keith Wilson. He's known as the Chocolate Shaman, and he lives in Guatemala. And we love his cacao. We've tried a lot of cacaos, and this by far has been the best for us, energetically, taste wise, just quality. It's amazing the way. People come to him and bring him cacao and he tries different ones. Mm-hmm. And through some kind of spiritual voodoo process of his that I don't quite understand, he picks his cacao. And they've actually, I've talked to um, Rick, who's the CEO of Keith's, Keith's Cacao, actually. And they constantly do uh, lab testing mm-hmm. of their their cacao and competitors' cacaos. And theirs um, consistently shows up with the least amount of caffeine and the most amount of some of the other kind of uh, good stuff. Yeah, uh, in notably cacao. theobromine. Theobromine is the, the big one, which is a big heart opener and really mm-hmm. opens things up. And that's kind of the angle I wanted to take this time as we kind of plug cacao again. Because like you probably know, uh, this stuff fuels this podcast, it literally does. fuels literally. it. Literally. And I found it to be great for all sorts of creative work. And I'm not alone in uh, replacing it replacing coffee with mm-hmm. cacao. It's been about a year and a half since I've been drinking coffee, I mean, maybe once in a while. 
I'll have a cup of coffee, but it's very rare. Yeah, I strongly prefer cacao. And I've actually talked to a lot of people that have replaced their coffee habit, which they don't really want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know, I know Keith's. The Keith's Cacao people sometimes call it the uh, the angry drink mm. or, uh, yeah, the angry energy. And I, I get that. So if you're looking for a replacement, cacao is really great. And I actually find I'm much more productive and much more creative with cacao. And if you want to get your hands on some sweet, local, raw, completely organic, beautiful tasting cacao, that uh, also supports local people around yeah. Lake Atitlan in, yeah, in Guatemala. It, Keith uh, only employs local Guatemalans in the San Marcos area. So it goes into the local community there. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is really needed right now, especially. Yeah, yeah. And another, and a fraction, we have a deal with Keith's Cacao and a fraction of the, a percentage of the profit also uh, comes back to us which we will use literally to buy more cacao. <laughs> yes, and this will in turn turn into more podcasts. <laughs> so it's a virtuous cycle. So you can go to keithscacao.com and at checkout, use the coupon code RIPPLEOUT20US20. RIPPLEOUT20US20. We'll include a link in the show notes as well. If you use that, you'll get a small discount you'll know that some of the proceeds are going to this podcast and you are also helping provide work for local uh, residents in Guatemala as well. Yeah, and if you click on the link, don't worry if you don't see any mention that you're going to get a discount. It will happen as you check out. So it it will be there. We hope you enjoy. And if you do, because we have been hearing from a lot of people who have made the switch to cacao, if you do, just tell us because we love those stories so yeah, much. Yeah, and we'll share our recipes too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the best thing. <laughs> um, after this little cacao interlude, we wanted to give a little update on what's been up in our lives. Yeah, we survived uh, a snowstorm Uri. Um, so that, that happened. That was in San Antonio. And we just came out of a, another combo inoculation, which is the three consecutive days of combo ceremonies uh, that we led. Mm-hmm. And that went stellar. It was so great. We actually had Marie Taylor from, who's one of the listeners of this podcast. Yes. She's a badass. She came from Delaware and it was in the middle of, of the whole snowstorm and everything. Her flight was canceled. She flew to a different city and then hooked up with two other people that were coming down. <laughs> they picked her up and she still made it happen. It was amazing. And I'm really glad she came. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was It was so amazing. I just, every time we are given the opportunity to serve combo, I'm like blown away that how much power and beauty there is in this medicine. It's crazy. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, we have left San Antonio since we're it, headed west. Yeah. It was like we stayed there for like a month and a half. Yeah. Like, a little longer than we expected. Yeah. Like <laughs> in the suburbs of San Antonio. It was lovely. It was we were staying with our friend Courtney and she she just kicked ass. She yeah. was great the yeah. entire time. It was amazing to hang out with her. But we hit the road a couple of days ago and we basically drove for two days. Um, whenever Google Maps tells us it's like six hours to our destination, it, you need to almost like multiply it by like one and a half. Yeah, it just takes us so much longer because, you know, Dorothy, even if the speed limit's 75, we, we can't really hit that nah. ha- hit that speed very often unless Less we want to go down to like five miles per gallon. <laughs> just, we can't afford it. <laughs> 
So, but uh, we we're now in Ridoso, uh, New Mexico, which is a nice, beautiful little mountain town. We're hanging out with a couple friends. Um, it's There's great. Trees around. We're in a wood cabin. I feel like we haven't been with trees in so long because no. we ha- we hung out in Colorado and it was like ranch land, so super plainy. Uh, we then went into the desert where there was literally no tree in sight except maybe a couple of Joshua trees, and then we went into the suburbs of San Antonio and had like a couple of oaks in the backyard but like we're in the forest now and it feels so good it's nice and deer uh they, they come up to the doorstep in the morning and ask for uh food yeah. so you can go down and feed and them and actually pet them, them. Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool yeah um so yeah it's great and soon we're headed into arizona and then beyond that we're uh we're going to be in california again yeah west coast here we come yeah we have stuff to do there yeah but Getting back to that combo conversation, um, that kind of leads into today's topic. It does. Which is, what is your medicine? Can you can you like give us a little context? Because we received that question from a from a, a special guy. And yeah, it's yeah. been with us since. Yeah, so you might have remembered we had Will Johnson on the podcast a while back. He talked about the posture of meditation, which has been a really powerful book for us. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's definitely one of my favorite conversations we've had. Um, so check it out. Um, it was like we'll, love at first sight. Yeah, and it'll be in the show notes as well. Um, anyway, that that went, we really hit it off. And Will introduced us to a couple people he thought we might be interested in. And one of them is someone who I will not name because he's kind of underground at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, but uh, he's a psychedelic guide and counselor that's hanging out in uh, California. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of one of the OGs. He's been doing this work for decades. Yeah. And he's worked with ayahuasca a lot. And now he works more with mushrooms and LSD. And he does kind of individual, he'll do like, uh, he'll work with people. Basically, he'll do like one-on-one sessions where beforehand there's prep uh, for make, maybe you'll work with him a couple sessions. You'll have the psychedelic uh, experience, which might go on for eight, 10 hours over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. And then you'll work with them on integration as well. And you might even do a series of yeah. those, um, which is really inspiring work. And we had a interesting conversation with him and he brought up the question, um, that we've been really chewing on ever since, yeah. which is what is your medicine? Because we were talking about, you know, we're kind of like newbies on this medicine path and we're very interested in it, also intimidated by it. and But we're finding ourselves taking steps in that direction. Uh, yeah. Where we'll end up with it, we don't know. Um, but this was a question that he had kind of posed to us. And it was really potent and really powerful. And oddly enough, it's a, it's, it's a question I had never been asked or really considered mm-hmm. seriously in my life. I feel like that question has so much implications to it. You know, yeah. it's like, what does that even mean? What's your medicine? You know, it, it it forces you to look at, you know, oh, I have, I carry medicine. Like, how does that even work? Like, what does that even mean? And I think like, as we're going on this path, we're starting to understand more of what that question means. And I think that's partly, that's like part of what's really cool about this question is like exploring just the question, like pondering on, man, what does that question even mean? It kind of comes from a different world in a lot of ways. Um, And so we wanted to bring this question up on the podcast because we think it's been very helpful Mm -hmm. for us. It's definitely one that like we're in the process of exploring and answering and I think we'll be for a long time. But we wanted to pose it to, you listeners um 
as maybe something useful in your contemplations. And I think a good place to start is like maybe just analyzing the question a little yeah. bit because it's such a different, there's just so many implications. It's a very potent question I found. And it's a question that's really, really appropriate right now for mm-hmm. us particularly and seems to become more so almost daily. Yeah. Um, and and the answer is not straightforward. Uh, it's actually... It, but but before we get there, I think there's a lot that's loaded in that question yeah. that's worth kind of maybe observing a little bit. You know, exploring what is your medicine almost immediately. Something that comes to me is like this is a soul question mm. um, because what is your? It's a very personal question, right? And and so for me, it draws my focus to like okay, well, there's it's like what are you going to carry, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to require, it, it kind of, it's like a confluence of past experience where your personal life history and also you, your your makeup, your your physical, emotional, spiritual makeup, right? Um, this is all going to be aspects that kind of uh, come together to form uh, your medicine. And I feel like, I feel like we can explore that even more. But before we do, I just want to say like, yes, it feels like a very personal question, but it also feels like not because like, I feel like what it implies to me, what I hear when I hear this is like, there's potential for medicine everywhere. Like everything has a potential to be medicine and not everything is like, I feel like that's a really important thing that I've been reflecting on a lot because I feel like a lot of this word gets thrown around so much. But Well, I think as a as a collective, we're waking up to the fact that what we call Western medicine, some of that is definitely not medicine. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, at least for most people. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I think for me, what maybe like one way to, to kind of get at what I'm trying to say is I feel like medicine exists whether or not we carry it or not you know like it, it, whether we carry it or not it's here it's like it's like this there is a there is a potential for healing and maybe you can call it life force maybe you call you can call it like the divine light or like the divinity in all of us or you know the god goddess in all of us the fact that we're a part of the divine whatever i feel like i'm just throwing out a bunch of words here the ambrosia but, of the gods yeah the, the kind of rivers of life where, yeah like, yeah it feels like the it's elixir just, it's something it's almost like what that question suggests to me and what i've been really chewing on with it is like there's medicine and everything and everywhere, but it's it, how do I let that flow through me? Yeah. And then as I do that, how does the medicine flow through me in particular? Because it's it, like my experiences, my physical being, my emotional being, my spiritual development, everything is going to play into how that comes out. And so like a, an image that I have is like a stream, like a river flowing down over rocks. And it's like the more like, when there's rocks, it it's only a trickle and it might come in a certain direction. But when you remove the rocks, maybe it flows a little bit more and it flows differently and more things are able to flow through that. And so it's just like... It's, it's almost like, what's your relationship to source or whatever, right? Yes. Like, and, and because also I think there's another aspect of this is to me, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can, do, we can channel the medicine through us. But it, that only works because there's medicine in everybody, mm-hmm. right? And like, so whenever we're we're serving medicine, you're 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 kind of being the channel so that they can 
develop their own relationship with their medicine, yes, right? Yes. Like, so, so there's there's always that that aspect of it as well. And also, one thing I've noticed as we start to you know serve medicine in different ways, and we start, well, first off, just that's another powerful angle of this question, which is it suggests my interpretation is suggests service, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. not for you. I mean, like there's a lot of it that that is in some ways, but it suggests something greater than yourself, yeah. right? Like, okay, you're medicine, but for what, yeah. right? Like for healing, yeah. for for collective healing, helping others heal or whatever. And I sort of interpret it as like, okay, like I agree with you. I think there's medicine everywhere, although not everything is medicine. Totally. Um, and that that's part of the creative pursuit of this question, right? Mm-hmm. It's finding what is... What runs through you? What do you vibe with? What resonates? What like shakes you? And, yeah. and I think there's another aspect of this, which is, you know, it's kind of the classic healer story, right? It's like how someone goes to a, to a shaman or something. He's like, how do I become a healer? And the shaman says, heal yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like r- kind of almost cliche at this point, but but the path to becoming a healer is through creatively finding your own solutions it's oftentimes it's when they're the you can't like the whatever institutions or structures or 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 inheritance we have Mm -hmm. as a culture is not sufficient for your healing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you're then you then there's a task in front of you whether you choose to take it or not is another question but the healer chooses to go on that sojourn that that journey Mm -hmm. into uncharted territory to creatively find a solution to their particular malady or problem right and it is i I think a healer it doesn't mean a healer is healed right but a healer has found a creative way of of healing of himself his traumas his wounds what her wounds whatever and and he's he's found his way right and i think that's what starts to create a healer yeah and i think that that brings up an interesting angle to look at this question that frankly i hadn't really thought about in that way but it's like what's your medicine is can also mean what is the medicine that you use that you rely on to heal yourself you know it's not just like uh, yeah i hadn't really like heard it that way until now yeah and 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 so that gets into other things which is like you know Okay, that means developing a relationship with those medicines, right? Mm-hmm. Like in this, like right now, we're doing that a lot with plants and animals, particularly, but it can also be with particular gods, yeah. right? Or deities, right? Like maybe some in the Hindu pantheon or the mm-hmm. Celtic pantheon or whatever. Um, it can be through methods like meditation practices, maybe, maybe some that are taught in Eastern, Eastern Buddhism or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All, it's like, it doesn't really, I think that one of the first criteria is that it works for you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that you're honest about that, that yeah. if it works or not. And and then another criteria is like developing a relationship with that, right? And continuing to be in a dialogue yeah. with, with, with that healing modality. Yeah, and also, I think um, there is another aspect. I feel like this conversation... We, we can just hit stuff and come back later if, if it makes sense. But one thing that comes up as you say that is that this question is an ongoing question. There is no final destination except maybe on your deathbed where you're like, oh, yeah, my medicine was this. And it might be some really like abstract concept 
but that, you know, like that you realize that throughout your life, maybe like family, you know, like show like connection with other people. Like you you might say that at the end of your life, but then if you kind of break it down throughout your life, if you build relationship to these medicines that we're talking about, and then to medicine with like a capital M of like this healing force that can flow through all of us, it's also a dialogue of, you know, knowing when you don't need a particular type of medicine anymore, you know, because like on this journey, you might have a pat a moment where like yoga is everything that you think about and do. And it's really helpful. And then maybe 15 years later, it doesn't resonate as much. And so it's like also this ability to let go and let the medicine shift for you so that it's not you don't become re- rigid in one thing like the the person who asked us this question worked with ayahuasca for 15 years and now he primarily works with mushrooms and and lsd and mdma i believe and like that and he's not doing ayahuasca anymore and it's like having the ability to know when some phase is over because the overarching essence of why he's doing the things might remain the same but the modalities might change yeah and so you, so i think that's a part of the richness of the question is drawing out what are the themes right and you can so you can look at like okay well i'm using plants or mm-hmm. i'm using yoga or whatever but you can also look at it as like okay well what am i using this for mm-hmm. or like the, the, what are the themes within that and for for example uh, i was talking to someone the other day I think he was in his sixties or something, and he had he's had a long successful career as an educator. Mm-hmm. He was saying something, you know, I didn't ask him this question, but he was saying that he basically saw himself as the ambassador of goodwill. Mm. And he tries to in and like he's no longer in a teaching profession. So he's not teaching like that anymore. But he's been able to extract out the essence of that and move it into family, into his relationship with children, his children, to neighbors and things like that. Yeah. And so being an ambassador for goodwill was his medicine. Yeah. I think something else is going back to like to the personal nature of this question. So so there's there's an, a sense of how this is not not personal at all, mm-hmm. right? The medicine in some way flows through you. And yeah. I, and I think a way to think about that is like it's like finding your way back mm. to the eternal flow mm. of life, right? To that, to that essence, to that vitality, or whatever it is, right? And and ultimately, we all we all stray and get lost and forget or whatever, right? And so we all have to find our own path back, and it's not going to be the same for everyone, mm-hmm. right? And and it's finding how we reconnect with that river of life that that maybe is flowing underground for a while, yeah. And that, in some sense, is a personal quest. So there, there's this feeling of when you're serving medicine, it's like, well, you know, I, it's not me, mm-hmm. right? It's coming through me and it's in you already, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're sort of being a beacon or, or a mirror uh, or a guide, right? To showing someone their own path, mm-hmm. right? Through your path, right? But, and their path is ultimately going to be different than yours. But, but what I think I've learned, uh, so far on this path is that I can learn a lot from other people's paths. Right. Yes. And, and that's, that's been interesting to, to explore because, you know, with particular teachers that are maybe uh, really grounded in their medicine, um, it can be really intimidating in some ways as someone who's aspiring mm. to do the same. Yeah. And it can be really easy to mistake what they're doing as it's, it's like that you should do what they're doing. Right. I love that. I, I feel like I have a I have a perfect example of that. I, I 
as many of you on the podcast know, I took a hypnosis, like a hypnotherapy training. And the, um, the director of that school was a very charismatic man, like tall, very like just, I don't know, like he was just, he was so good at what he was doing. Like, and the more we learned about hypnotherapy, the more we realized, man, that guy is the living embodiment of everything he teaches. And it's so powerful. And I think a lot of us, and I think that's a normal thing to have happen on, on, on the student path or earlier on the path is a lot of us kind of develop this probably unconscious idea that if you're going to be a really kick-ass hypnotherapist, you're going to do exactly what he's doing. Right. And one of the things they said very early on, and it's one thing to hear it, it's another thing to really understand it. But the, one of the things is like, what you end up, the person you end up being as a hypnotherapist will not look like anything like what Kevin does. But it's know? almost an unavoidable phase yes. early on because Im imitation is how we learn. It right? is. And, it is. And, so, and so you pick up things. So there's that kind of lesson that keeps coming back where it's like, okay, I can be inspired by someone the way someone else serves their medicine, right? Yeah. And I can, I can learn, but, but I'm not going to do it the way they do. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to, okay, what can I take from that about how I'm going to do it? Yes. And in that way, it's a really, really active question. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot of uh, self kind of exploration and introspection. Mm -hmm. um, and and the, the only way to answer it is from your personal history. Yes. I, and, and, and also your makeup, right? It has to, because... Because you're the instrument. A clarinet really? sounds different than a sax. Sounds yes. different than a piano. Sounds different than a drum. Sounds different than a bird singing. Yeah, you know? or a didgeridoo. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like I think that that's that's a great way to illustrate the fact that this question really, like, ultimately, what it focuses attention on, or w one way you can look at it is like it's a question about what makes me me, and so. Then it's like all of a sudden, like you I, I, personally, I asked that question and all of a sudden I'm like flooded with like images and thoughts and memories and, and pain and, and past experiences. And, you know, my body, the way, the way that I move, the, the, the kind of like, I, I've been thinking a lot about like how the way people move says so much about who they are and says way more than what they actually say. And like, it's it, and it's like I feel like usually that's the thing that's going to change as the fastest. Like it takes the most work to change some of like maybe you know slumping your shoulders. Like you might have these the, unconscious like habits. these unconscious yeah. habits. And and I think it's like for me, I just think okay, yeah, I I've had these experiences. I come from this culture. My parents were this way. I was raised this way. I had X amount of brothers and sisters. Um, my you know I'm a male or I'm a female. I you know and I have children or I don't, I have a husband or I don't. And so in this way, that's also a way that this is why the question is ongoing because your life, your experiences continue to unfold and you continue to have more experiences and that informs what makes you, you. It's grounded in your history and in your body. Yes. And I think that's, that's, you know, the litmus test of any great, truly great leader is that there is only one of them. Yes. They're uniquely themselves. Yes. You're never, and, and this is something that David White says in his book, uh, Crossing the Unknown Sea, uh, Work as a Pilgrimage of Identity. It's a book I definitely think is in line with this conversation in a lot of ways, although he's focusing on, on work, um, in a more general sense yeah. than, than this. But he says, you know, you're never going to come across another Margaret Thatcher or Martin Luther King mm -hmm. or Gandhi. And there's yeah. a reason because they, 
they have in, they they are uniquely themselves and and through that they they are able to have massive impact uh on others. Yeah, and I think that the 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 that's the real beauty of of this this way of thinking. It's like they're those leaders, they're completely uniquely them, but at the same time, they don't think that that makes them better leaders than other people. So it's not like the sum of experiences you have is not better than the sum of experiences someone else has, but you might have spent more time connecting the dots and trying to work on your own personal medicine because you want to help other people figure out what theirs is. It's so liberating because all of a sudden you don't have to try to be like Martin Luther King, right? Yes. You can use that as inspiration, but like the the ingredients yeah. for, for your form, yeah. your answer are already there. Mm -hmm. You just have to go, you kind of have to just go mine the mine it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and kind of work it. Uh, but it's already all there. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean it's easy by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is why I'm, I really cherish and thank myself for the decisions I've made to participate in, participate in trainings with people I respected. Because for instance, that hypnotherapy training, it was really powerful to realize like, oh, all these people who are, you know, training us, because we had like the director of the school and then there were all these like subgroups and we each had like a, a, a trainer or, you know, like someone who was helping us and guide us on this journey. And they were all really good at what they were doing. And they were all equally potent as the director in some ways, maybe less far on, on the path, but, but they also were so different from one another. And just there's something about it's like yeah I can tell you about it all I want but there is something about actually sitting in a space where there's a collection of people who are doing their uniquely medicine like they're that are showing up as their unique self without trying to be like someone else that's just so heart cracking and opening because you realize wow I can just be myself and that will be enough yeah and I think Brene Brown describes this as being in the wilderness yes uh which uh she uses the wilderness as a metaphor uh for fully belonging to yourself mm -hmm. and standing alone when needed in that belonging and that that's another work i think is, is braving the wilderness yeah. by Brene brown that's been really really influential totally. um and she does a great job and she comes from a very different kind of Discipline. Great audiobook. Yeah. Audio yeah. I feel like I have to but listen to it again. Yeah. Hey, it's been a while. Yeah. I think something else that's very challenging about this question is how action oriented it is, mm -hmm. right? Because this is not an intellectual exercise. It's not like, okay, all right, well, it's this. I'm going to sit this. down and decide what my medicine is. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it actually. So first off, it happens in dialogue. And we've been focusing on the dialogue within ourselves, right? With different parts of our. Our, maybe our history um, and, and our makeup and, and different parts of ourselves. And, and that goes into, um, that quickly goes into, well, we have to go to the vulnerable aspects of ourselves and the traumatic aspects and the places where we've had to heal something or overcome something, right? Yeah. Those are the places where you've answered the question, right? So yeah. that's where you can start. And maybe over time, that's going to that's going to expand and become more broad and mm -hmm. more generalized, or you can apply that to different areas. But in the beginning, maybe you start with something very specific you've, you've solved, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, for me, um, one of them was my mindful money program that I still teach. It's like, I solved, 
a way to save money to allow me to go on the adventure of my life, basically, mm-hmm. in a kind of poetic way of saying it. And I started, and, and people noticed that and asked me about it. And I started teaching that. And that was a form of medicine that was specific to me. And it grows from there, right? And, and over time, I think we're also able to see how all these pieces fit into broader themes in our lives, yeah. right? So there's, there's this dialogue with ourselves that's going on. But it also suggests a dialogue or kind of demands a dialogue with the outside world, with people, yeah. like with whatever you're serving, yeah. right? Which we've already mentioned is kind of inferred by the, the way the question is put. It's yeah. like, it, you, you need to be in dialogue with other people because that's where it's an action. What, what, how, how are you serving others, right? Yeah. What, what medicine is coming through you that there's, I don't know how to answer that other than through action and through, and, and it's not just through action like once it's like, it's constantly in every moment you have an opportunity to, to maybe answer that question in a new way or in a fresh way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, I love that you're, you're bringing this up because you, I think a lot of the time, we might not be able to see our own medicine until it's reflected in someone else's experience of us. And so um, an example of that is I was part of a of a kind of a leadership women group a while back. And one exercise was we had to come up with like seven things we did in our lives that we were very proud of, that we like, like that we that we had fun doing and that we were very proud of. And already that was so hard. It's like seven. Oh my God. Like what? And then the, 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 the day we all met over Zoom, we each took turns sharing those things. And all the women in the group, their job was to observe us talking about those experiences and make notes of what they were noticing that made us more alive. It's like, what was the kernel? of like what was recurring in these seemingly different experiences that made it that made it like a, the essence of what we love to do and what make what is fun to do and it was really cool to see the the drastic variations of that between all women because i think a lot of the time we consider our medicine as like for granted it's like well if i can do it everyone can do it right and yeah. like that was so not the case and we it was great because there was appreciation between the women it's like you you notice something in another woman and wow i don't have that like i i don't i that to me feels like a stretch i don't really like doing these things and yet you seem to embody them so well and thank you for doing that work and then on the other side a lot of people reflect that back to you it's like man what you do i like the thing that comes through you i don't have that and it's like this really amazing opportunities to be mirrors for one for one another and i think i think like going back to this kind of a the stream uh reflection it's like if you remove enough rocks that you can actually let the stream flow through you, people can look at themselves into the stream and see their own reflection and their own medicine in themselves. Cause it's like light calls light. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's, it's just fascinating. That's a, that's a beautiful way to put it. I think something else that I've noticed has happened as we asked this question is like, as you find those things, they tend to be very rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, this goes back yeah. to the idea that the medicine kind of comes through you. Recently, we've been experiencing that a lot with combo mm-hmm. um, because we do these three day ceremonies. So, or it ta- we do a ceremony for three days 
in a row. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've done ones with, you know, six people in it or whatever. And you don't always feel like showing up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like your life's still going on. And, and especially maybe, you know, out of those three days, you're likely to have one day that feels a little off at the very least. Um, And it's always amazing to me, the way once we get into those spaces, the medicine carries me through it. Mm -hmm. We're like, I don't really, I don't have to put a lot of there is effort, but yeah. in another way, it's not a lot of will to, yeah. to do it. It's it's like it goes back to this sense of finding that stream and letting it carry you as well. And so there's a lot of energy we can find in these things. And it can be really uh, revolutionary in our lives to tap into them because I think this is kind of a journey of becoming more ourselves and yes. finding our, our personal gifts, right? And where, where they intersect with the world. And the the benefit of that is you get to be yourself, right? So you you're not showing up in places trying to be someone else, yeah. and it, it takes it it takes a lot of strain off, yes. and then it allows you to tap into currents and, and wells of energy that you may not have known existed, and yeah, there's an ease to it sometimes. And I feel like it's actually a pretty good sign that you're being yourself and showing up as yourself in the world because there is more and more ease. Uh, maybe like it's a tricky thing. It, it, I I don't I don't know how much like I think we can get fooled and stuff. But I do think I've experienced the same thing where the more I just the more I let things be and the, the more I let things come through me rather than thinking what should I do, how should I do it, when should I do it. There's an ease and a relaxation and an effortlessness. It doesn't mean it's like it, it, there's still effort in doing that, but it, there is an effortlessness and an ease to it. It's like I don't have to work. It's like there's this question get, that gets posed. Uh, I do yoga with yoga with Adrian on, on YouTube. And oftentimes when we practice ease, we'll be in a really tough posture, like, you know, a long held plank or something. And she'll say like, Maybe scan your body and see where am I working harder than I should? And that's really challenging because the default might be, I'm going to work really hard. And then you realize, oh, no, actually, I can relax this muscle a little bit because I don't need to work that hard here. And then the posture still holds and it's actually almost enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's relevant to that yeah. conversation as well. Yeah. Something else that comes up for me around this, this like, notion of it being a dialogue with others is, you know, going back to us saying not everything's medicine. Yes. Right? And and I think that this is can be a buzzy word in certain circles and it can be used very vaguely. Yes. Right? Like it can be a catch-all phrase and it, it can be really irritating to hear it used that way. Mm-hmm. And it can be tempting to use it that way myself. Um and in and so getting back to the dialogue thing is there's a, there's a question in this too, which is, is it medicine for other people? Right. Mm -hmm. Is it helping? Right. And, and I think in some way that that helps us check ourselves between like maybe our own desires or, or, or plans, strategies, wanting to control kind of more ego notions and what's truly medicine. Right. Because you have to actually look and see what is, is this having a a positive effect? Mm -hmm. Is this actually helping people? And I think usually the best litmus test of that is like, are they coming to, are they finding themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like, are they finding their own way, right? We're more trying to hold up a a lantern in some ways and, and help them, help them start finding their own path, not 
not, not shining his spotlight on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so I think that's also kind of baked into this question is you're always kind of scanning. Okay, well, is that is that actually helping? And there there's there's a a kind of ongoing question that I have internally around like, okay, is this the is this medicine coming through? Is this something I'm channeling or something that I, I'm giving, or or is it or is this more are there more personal yeah. uh, desires, goals? Yeah, and I think another way to put this question is like when something comes through, like a a, 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 a sentence, a word, an offering, or something we feel an impulse to share with others, the question I like to sit with is like, is this in service of me or is this in service of the other? And I'm... I, I I have the awareness that I'm still early on the path and that there's going to be, it's bound to be that a solid percentage is still going to be in service of me. I think the more work I will do, the, the, the easier it will be to spot these things. But sometimes I do things and I'm like, that wasn't necessary. Or, you know, it's like, it, I just did that to make myself feel good. You know, like giving someone a pat on the shoulder when they're telling you something and you're like, well, that didn't really help. Like what they, they, they didn't need that. I needed to do that to feel like I was doing yeah. something, but they actually didn't need that. Mm. And so like that constant practice of thinking about what's in higher, what's in the higher service of others and and removing myself from the equation, which is also funny because at the same time, I don't remove myself from the equation. I'm still here and it, it, I'm still the vessel for the medicine to come through in some ways. But it's like sometimes, you know, the medicine that you can carry is just sit and do fucking nothing. Like that can be really powerful medicine. But I feel like there's a sense that it has to be more action, like more visible than that, more tangible than that. And I think... Um, that's one thing I also, I'm reflecting a lot on because I think we all have these energies in us that just want to help in order to feel better for ourselves or, you know, feel like we did something, feel like we yeah. were helpful of service. And it's just, it's important to me to try to keep these energies in check and just observe them and recognize that they're also here and they're also part of me. But how do I not act out of them yeah. when that won't be of higher service? Not, not repress them, but yes. also not act on them. Yes. It's like sit, watch, and just like do what's right, you know, like, yeah. and, and God, that's a hard practice. Yeah. And asking what's truly in service yes. of other people. Yes. So. We thought we would take a stab at like kind of a working draft of our answers to these, which are always going to be incomplete. Like, this is ongoing. I don't, I don't think this is a question you ever finally answer, yes. right? Yes. And like we said, it's something that, that really, even answering it this way is not really answering it because it, it's answered in action. It's yes. answered how you show up in every moment, yes. right? It's um, answered in your embodiment. And particularly the moments where you don't think anyone's watching. Or where you don't think medicine is being served. Yeah, right? or you don't think it's needed. Or yeah. it's like I mean, it's... some of the most profound moments I've had around being in service is when someone has mentioned something to me that I was totally unaware of. Yes. That I that I did. Like they were watching and I was being and I and I had modeled something or I was I I had done something by example, but I I wasn't aware yeah. that I was doing it, right? And sometimes those are the most profound moments for people at least in interacting with you yeah and you know i tend to think like i think of 
you know, like saints where, mm-hmm. that are depicted, they, they tend to have that halo over their heads, right? Which I think is a symbol for sort of aura, right? Mm-hmm. That they have around them. And this is why we want to be around holy, true saints, true yeah. holy people, because just being in their presence, you can, and I, I, you, this is true of any good teacher, right? You learn so much. Yeah. And, and just being in their presence and seeing how they, they interact with the world and in every kind of situation is medicine, right? And I think that's almost like, that's kind of the ideal we're aiming for. And I think it's the ideal of sainthood in some ways is that every moment you are living your medicine and and your presence is healing Mm -hmm. and in in service of the greater good all the time. Yeah. Um, Of course, that's that's an ideal that I feel very far away from, but I think it's good to keep in mind, like the goal here is is to live it. Mm Mm-hmm all the time yeah. <laughs> or as yeah. much as you know or continue to return to it yeah. because even a saint doesn't live it all the time i'm sure but the medicine is in the return but it's yeah, that dedication to continuously answering that question yeah so where where what is your medicine julia Roxanne? wow that's a <laughs> <laughs> that's a biggie um it's funny because every time I think about this, to me, it's more like words or like concepts or images that come. It's more, it's harder to actually form a story that's like well put and well rounded. It's more like kind of images that come to mind. But I think recently on, on a, on a recent ayahuasca experience, I, I had the profound realization of like, it's ayahuasca was showing me how like medicine can be found everywhere, even in moments where you don't think there is medicine. And one particular image that I had, um, it was like, I was reflecting particularly around the postpartum time of like a new mother with a newborn and people around and like community and stuff. And I think I was like watching this image of like the woman and and her baby kind of in the center of a room all bundled up. And then people, you know, with reverence being present and helping. And so it was just like the friend who brings a stew, the sister who does a load of laundry, the grandmother who comes and holds the baby for a bit and, and, and then gives it back so that the mom has a little bit of time to do whatever she wants. And like, it was like the medicine, it was like ayahuasca was showing me these like streams of like gold light emanating from everyone when they were doing these acts of service and how that was medicine. And so it was really profound to realize, man, the medicine, like you can embody medicine all the time. Like that's what you were saying, right? That's the ideal. And I think what was also really humbling is like, even when you're not trying to embody medicine, there is still medicine in what you do, whether you know it or not. And it might just be a trickle, in a cloud of dark energy, but it's still here. And like, I had memories of my grandmother, uh, when, when I was a child and how she was, she was a pretty troubled woman. She had a lot of issues and she wasn't like the most, the healthiest person. But at the same time, I have memories of like being in her kitchen and smelling the toast that she was making in the morning and spreading all Nutella on it. And like, that's medicine like that that kind of grandmotherly energy and that warm glow of love that you learn when you're with your elders that's medicine and so like this is kind of just to give a context of the way i think about it there's two things i want to point out on this that i think are pretty apt the first one is like you using that that trickle metaphor Mm -hmm. right it's like and that gets to that via negativa idea that yes. we've talked about on a previous podcast. But because when you say that, the image that pops up to me is like, oh, yeah. So my job is actually to remove the things blocking 
that flow from totally that, from increasing, right? Yeah. And it's not so much like making more flow, yes. right? Like it's like I I pull the things out of the way that allows it to flow um, more more naturally or, or vigorously. And I think what's also beautiful in that metaphor is that yes, you might be removing the rocks that are blocking the flow from flowing freely, but those rocks still leave an indent in the in the earth. Yeah. And so it's like you don't remove such that you're the same river as everyone who's done the work of removing their rocks. No, you still have the in, yeah, we're not we're not trying to make like a cookie cutter stream platform or those whatever. Those are providing life. Well, yeah. I mean in a, in a way, but like But it's like all of a sudden the the water flows where these, you know, wounds went and where like there's mm-hmm. scars and so it picks up some of that medicine of like this scar was something really hard that I had to heal and here am I like I'm here and I'm showing to you that you can heal from this too you know like there's kind of that element and, to and it. I think to even amplify this metaphor even more the river comes from the rain yes right? and it returns to the sea and yes. so I think that's a good image for like what's happening yes with, with the medicine and where it's coming from and where it's ultimately returning to yes the other thing I wanted to point out about what you already said was you're like, it comes in images. And, and actually, that doesn't surprise me at all, um, particularly because I've been very influenced by Bill Plotkin's work. Mm-hmm. And Bill Plotkin runs a um, organization that's influenced me quite a bit, although I have yet to actually uh, join one of... one of he, he does a lot of vision quests. And uh, I think the website is animasinstitute.org. Um, but if you search Bill Pock and you'll start, for, he's written a lot of books too. I'll have all this in the show notes. But he uses the word mythopoetic. And, and there's a great phrase or line that I think is from David White. And I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it, but it's like when talking about soul, and we've already said that this is a soul question and mm-hmm. a lot of elements of it, which is show me the image that you were born with. Mm. And and I think, uh, and Bill Pockin said, kind of pointed this too, is like, what we're talking about is an image yeah. more than it, it is words. Yeah. And and that's what he means kind of by mythopoetic. That's kind of like the way you have to approach it in this kind of mythological kind of image poetic approach. Yeah. Um, you're going to get at the essence of it because images are multi, they're, they're much more, you can interpret them in a lot more ways. And they, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to get at it, but that seems to be more at the core of this answer than a than a particular thing. Yeah. As an image. Yeah. And I think actually as you're saying this, I'm realizing like a good way to try to answer the question, what's my medicine, at least at this stage of my journey, I think a lot of my medicine is present in that image that I just described. I think I a lot of my work over and a lot of the collection of uh, experiences that I've had around are around women, women health, birth early life of like, you know, the, the, the mother baby, um, you know, kind of unit and, and also everything around it. So I think a lot for me is like community and, and connection and like presence in the dark moments without trying to fix just being here and saying, I see you in your tenderness and your difficulty and your challenges. Um, I think, there is also an aspect of myself that I think is, and I think wh- one of the things that I love the most about this question is the more I pose it to myself and the more work I do and kind of to uncover my medicine, because I don't know what it is. I'm just like removing things and seeing and like opening a package almost. I think a lot of it is seeing some of the 
unhealthy patterns that I have and understanding how they will progressively become healthier versions and be part of my medicine. So it's like kind of beautiful because instead of saying this unhealthy pattern needs to be removed and forgotten, it's like, how can I transmute that? Yeah. And that becomes your, and that becomes your medicine. And so like I, for instance, I have a very, I have a very strong personality. I'm very like forceful sometimes with myself, with other people. I'm like, I don't have a lot of patience at times. And I know like that stems from an unhealthy pattern, but it's something I've been working on so much that like it's starting to show up as a, as a, a kind of the archetype that I think about when I, when I contemplate this is like this really strong grounded woman, like maybe a grandmother who's gone through shit and who's survived and who's like made a life as a healthy elder. And it's like, there is also, there is a sense of like, loving people where they're at, but also not giving into their shit. You know, it's like, I see you, I love you. And because I love you, I'm also going to tell you like, this is this, you you need to change this or, you know, and it's not in the saying, it's more an attitude of like, when you're ready to change, I'm here, you know, like that kind of attitude of like, I'm not going to go after you because you need to change because you're not as good as you should be. Just, I love you. I see the true essence of you. And uh, when you're ready to change and you want like a little bit of a boost, I'll be here. And Mm -hmm. so I think this is like very early uh, contemplations on my medicine. And, and as I, as I'm like, I hope it comes off as like, there is a lot of inter weaving connections sisterhood brotherhood like everything around like that ecosystem of the family that is really really strong for me and i know like there is a kernel of connection and how we support each other in this journey of life and um yeah and i think as i said it's going to continue to unfold i'm in a particular phase of my life and i know that as i change phases as i get older my medicine is not going to be the same when i'm 60 than what it is now and it's I'm dynamic gonna, it continues to yeah. kind of build on whatever your experiences are and the work that you've done and yeah and uh i think maybe to just to, to specify what i meant with this like grandmother archetype that that won't take a lot of shit it's like there is a sense that i love when i'm serving someone I have, I can see the love I have for them and the, uh, the profound trust in their ability to get out of the shithole they've, they've dug for themselves. You know, like that kind of, that kind of attitude of like, I know you got this. I'll be here cheering you on, but Mm. I'm not gonna like come down and get you out of the hole. That kind of brings up something else that we kind of, we've sort of touched on, but might be worth saying again, like kind of touching on again, which is, I think something that this question or, you know, as we start to ask it and answer that question in our own lives requires is confidence, trust, belief, mm-hmm. like these kinds of um, things, but a belief that you have medicine, that you have a healing presence, that, that you yes. have something good to yes. offer, right? And that, that can be of use to others, right? Like that, 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 that's also what has to be cultivated. And that is part of the medicine, mm-hmm. um, strongly part of the medicine is yes. that is, is belief in its healing power, right? Yes. Without that, even medicines that can be powerful may not be, mm-hmm. right? Like w- without your conviction of mm-hmm. its healing power. But there's another side of that coin, which is belief in the other person's ability to heal. Yeah right? In their own power to heal. Yeah. And these also need to be cultivated and can be 
a starting point for, for answering the question too. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, I will end with this. I think that this, this early, I can almost have a sense of like where my medicine is going to evolve, like the direction it's going yeah. to take. And I know that it's going to continue to soften into not the 25 year old or, you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 29 kind of like raw energy of youth of like will and, and maybe like more your, where you meet the world and act on it. But I think it's going to shift at some point on the uh, a really just like a, a strong presence and like sort of oozing this understanding that everything is love. Everyone can get better. And I know because I've seen X amount of people get better and I know that they don't need me to help them too much. They just need my presence and my trust that they're going to get better. So I know it's going to soften with age and it's almost like a, you know, it's like continuing with this image of the stream. There is a point where the water smooths things over and the edges kind of get, you know, softer and, and more polished. And so I think that's where I'm heading with this, with this path. So, I mean, this, this, you know, very incomplete answer, but I feel like that's the best I can do today. (laughs) (laughs) And as a way to lead into yours, I will say that one of the most amazing thing of this path and my path and our path is watching your medicine unfold and like just just observing from afar like a little fairy kind of hidden behind the tree like just watching what your medicine is starting to be like and what is showing up as because if anything it just makes me love you so goddamn more and just like have so much appreciation for the fact that you're here Mm -hmm. that you are starting to commit to serving your own medicine and embody medicine in your life and that on top of that, I get to be by your side while you do this. Come mm. on, that's gotta be legal. Like this is too much awesomeness. Some of it is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So I guess I'll ask you the same question, Alistair. What what do you think your medicine is? How does it feel like? Before I go directly into that question, something else I want to mention about this is that it's a deeply humbling question because mm you know, what is your medicine? It's, it can also be interpreted as like the message, the medicine that I think of medicine songs a lot, Mm. partly because we're in a stage where we're starting to learn the songs of the lineages that we're studying and working with and and practicing with, um, which has been really hard for me because I don't, I'm not musically inclined, or at least that's something I've put in my shadow or in that long black bag behind me, as (laughs) Robert Bly would say. And, and I'm having to kind of bring it out Mm. and, and they're so deeply personal, right? Like these questions about what is your medicine? Because it is, it's you, right? And then so they're deeply vulnerable too in a lot of ways. But I think about like learning the medicine songs, you know? And it's like right now, for the most part, we're learning other people's medicine songs, mm-hmm. right? And in a lot of other areas, I've been learning what other people have passed down, yeah. right? Like um, and maybe in the field of psychology or in that kind of ecotherapy or in, in meditation or mindfulness, a lot of it is just, is, is really just inheriting what other people before me have discovered and shared as their medicine. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of it is actually, it's like, okay, I, I'm just going to be, I'm going to continue this chain, right. This lineage mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and the individual aspect of it is that it's coming into me. I have my own history. I have my own experiences, all this. And so I'm going to combine it differently than anyone has before, yeah. right? It's going to be expressed differently through my my individuality, mm-hmm. right? And that's like kind of the magic, right? But But it's also very much inherited by all the different all my ancestors and, and lineages that came before me, which is incredibly humbling. And in a way, I'm just trying to learn the songs so I can pass them on to the next generation. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really cool. To hear. <laughs> just like just just put it in the context of lineage like that. It's it's, it's become really tangible as we learn the songs of mm-hmm. our lineage and realize those are passed down orally, right? Like they're not there's no other way to really learn them than to be around and mm-hmm. soak it up. And mm-hmm. you find, or what I found is like, I was like, I, I, I'm not going to remember these songs or anything. And I find them, I'm just kind of unconsciously picking them up. Yeah. You're like, absorbing. I'm absorbing them and they're coming out. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really beautiful um, lesson mm-hmm. for, for how this stuff happens too. So going back to the question of my medicine, I've liked the ways you've described it in the past. You know, I I think you're right to 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 look for images with this stuff because those tend to be the ones that are most rich mm-hmm. and they're endlessly and you, know, you you can interpret them different ways and they grow with you, right? Yeah. And they suggest new things, right? Yeah. So they're inexhaustible. Mm-hmm. An image really is worth a thousand words. Yeah. An image that comes to mind for me actually, it's funny, it actually comes from tarot. I, I've probably drawn tarot twice in my life. Um, and I can't remember if this was this was the first time I drew it, mm-hmm. and it was with um, a woman back in San Diego, and a card came up for me in a interesting position, yeah. and you know whatever, and it was uh, the night sea journey, and the night sea, well, night sea journey is the night sea journey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the image was You're of on a, a journey at sea at night. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, okay, the, gotcha. the, the ocean's frothy. It's dark. You're maybe. Yeah, I think in the image, the guy was carrying a lantern. I think there was a woman and maybe a child and like a blanket in the back, and he's kind of like he's at the front trying to like, get him through the choppy waters or whatever. That image really stuck with me, mm-hmm. um, and it's stuck with me ever since. And then I think something related to that that came up years later is I was I was um, I was hiking alone in in Yosemite, actually in preparation for a retreat we were leading in the coming weeks. I was kind of scouting out the trail we were going to take, so I was I had a few days alone in the wilderness. It was really really nice, and at some point something just bubbled up, as it often does, and when when we do these kind of things, and it was just like I'm here to help guide be a guide for other people's journeys like what i want to do most in life is facilitate journeys Mm -hmm. and that can like there's there's all sorts of journeys right it wasn't specific it's like this is the motif this is this is the the thing behind the thing yes and so that's continued to be really strong i i think it's represented pretty well you know i think of you know i feel really blessed that more and more the pro all the projects we do i feel like are really focused around they're kind of vehicles for for the medicine mm-hmm. in a way. So like I think you could just as well serve your medicine as a librarian yes. or as a clerk, yes. right? Like um, but we get we have the privilege of of being able to do creative endeavors where where we're really kind of choosing what what we want to do mm-hmm. and I lead retreats. And so I think that's been a way for me to work with the like to 
work with this journey archetype that's really powerful to me. Um, and it's something that I've gone on personally, particularly when I, I kind of left the U.S. and I, I spent a lot of time journeying by myself. Um, so, so journey is a strong part of my medicine um, and being a guide on that. Uh, in a lot of different ways. I think I do that with my money work too. The idea there is to help people really say yes to their personal journey mm -hmm. by mastering their money mm -hmm. so that they, they create more opportunities for themselves to really, to be that become themselves. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, it shows up in almost everything I do. I mean, this podcast is us documenting our journey, our journey as well. Yeah. Uh, and it, so it shows up here. And I definitely think this is another avenue of, of where we get to ask that question of what's my medicine. Um, for me, I think definitely the podcast has been one of the, the mediums for it as well. Yeah. That being said, I am starting to feel also a tree quality mm -hmm. to the medicine. And you've kind of described my medicine as having like a landscape essence to it. And I think that's, continuing to evolve as I do more wilderness work mm -hmm. and I'm more and more inspired by the natural world and, and draw that in more. Um, I've been working with the four directions quite a bit in the last year and and that's definitely showing up as well. So I think kind of trees, the wilderness, the landscape, that's, that's showing up a lot. It's like, it's leaving an imprint on the way it, it's, it's delivered, uh, for me as well. And I don't know. What you <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I could, I could just talk about this for ages and we have a little bit, but I just feel like when I hear you talk about your medicine and particularly the guide part, I just like really, I close my eyes and I see you very tall and very strong and like really broad shoulders, like broader than your shoulders actually are. Like, you know, kind of like I can carry a heavy load if the person behind me is struggling on their journey, you know, like it's not, it's not like you're carrying the load for them forever. It's just like, if there's a particularly no, rough And patch, if you come on one of our retreats, you'll know yeah. we won't do that for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, if you break your leg, if you're having a really rough time, like I can take on, like it's, it's more, um, it's not so much like you would do that. It's more of a safety. It's like, You go on a journey with a guide and you know that if something really bad happens, that they can carry you out. But you know you won't need it. You know, it's I, like almost like a safety thing. What comes up for me is like, well, what do you hire a guide for? Because they're familiar with the landscape. Yes. And they're familiar with the ways yes. that, and what's necessary for that journey. And they also know points of interest. Mm -hmm. Right. There are things that they can enrich that journey. Yeah. Right. You you need to go on the journey yourself. Like you the, the guy you you go with the guide. Yeah. Right. But but the guide can can enrich that that journey and, and knows the terrain that, that you're going through. Yeah. Um and and for me that that's that really inspires me. Yeah, and as as far as the landscape goes, I mean I've had I've had on recent experiences like just moments on ayahuasca where like you you will be like someone will come at the end of the night to sing you a song which is called a ventiera and like just closing my eyes and just feeling like his relationship to trees is so different than mine because we we were studying a lineage that is particularly close with trees Palettos. yeah and so we we die at trees a lot of the time and it was really it's really interesting every time to just see the differences and i feel like 
it's in, in what we were saying earlier, it's a dialogue with yourself, but also with others. And I find that watching and, your medicine is informing what my medicine is not. Or, mm. you know, like it's kind of showing me, oh, it's not quite like that. It's a little bit more like that, you know? And, I think there's a third dimension to this dialogue, which is what are the things in the world that, that call out to you, mm-hmm. that speak to you, mm-hmm. right? That, that, that channel through you. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's another essence of, of the dialogue. And I, I just had another thought about this to kind of maybe wrap up mm. this um, blossoming of what my medicine is that's that's happening. And God, it's so much fun to yeah. to like ask and, and try it's to like answer this question. It's like opening a present. It yeah, really is. It's, it's one of the most rewarding endeavors I think I've ever embarked on in I my life. You. And, you know, this goes back, actually, to the origin of this question. The same man that posed this question to us, he also kind of shared a way he thought about how his medicine. Mm. And he said, you know, it's kind of propped up on three, uh, like a tripod. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Three-legged stool. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, something like that. And I actually think mine is four, four pillars. There, mm-hmm. There's four pillars un- underneath my medicine. And they're, they're young, some of them, they're, but they're, they're places where I resonate and I have a lot of interest and where I want to continue to cultivate that relationship as we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. I think one is, um, shamanism. Um, I, I find a lot in, in shamanism. I find myself very receptive to that mode of medicine work. Um, so I, I'm very inspired by the shamanic approach and by medicine work, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Um, so that would be one pillar. I think the second pillar is meditation, particularly Eastern approaches to meditation. So Eastern spirituality and philosophy, mm-hmm. um, because that's that's been a big influence in my life already, and it's something I'm that's been really powerful. So I'd say that's the second, the second of the four pillars. The third would be the wilderness. Yeah, I, I find the wilderness such a healing aspect. It's just magnificent and so i think the third pillar for me in my medicine is the wilderness and the fourth i think is uh more the western lineage of psychology mm-hmm. uh, particularly but it's not just uh, a lot of things that kind of orbit that that those that discipline so it's yeah. not just psychology but particularly psychology and and what um they're what they're bringing to this conversation um to the therapeutic conversation as well mm-hmm. has been indispensable in my own journey and I, I draw on it heavily in, in all my work as well. Mm. Uh, so that would be the fourth pillar. Well, just the fact that I can't I can't give a, a pillar stool metaphor should tell you a lot about what kind of medicine I carry. Because <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm trying to think. It's like oh, it would be nice to know to to put it this way. Like I'm drawing a blank. Is that love and family? That's all there is. <laughs> There are like I have my own modalities that have influenced me, but I don't. I don't. It's not. I don't think about it like that. I think that's a kind of masculine approach. I think it is. I think it is. I don't. I think I have that too. But it's like it's more like I've absorbed it, and sometimes I don't even know where what comes from. You know. So, should we? uh, Should we say goodbye? Is this a good time to say goodbye? Goodbye. Goodbye. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, it was. As a way to just tie it up with a bow, we thought let's just kind of review and kind of recap what we talked about today because uh, we find that really helpful when people do it on other <laughs> podcasts and we're so bad at doing it <laughs> ourselves. But I think 
we, we started with exploring the question and what all the assumptions that are contained in that question look like. What, the, what does the question just all the different mean? levels it works on. Yeah. And then we, we just, I think we spent a lot of time talking about the fact that this is on an, an ongoing dialogue with ourselves, with others, with the world at large. Yeah. And that influences the answer we're going to give to that question. And yeah. also this idea that there is no definite answer. It's yeah. not, it's never ending. And in some ways, it's always going to be, it has to be your answer. Yes. Uh, and we also talked a little bit about... Um, What's medicine and what's not? Medicine. Yeah, yeah, which I think is is like tricky, and um, and I'm only starting to understand that myself. But I think it is important to say like not everything is medicine. Yeah, kind of just put a pin in that. And yes, just like, hey, remember that. Remember that. <laughs> we'll have a podcast one day about it, I'm sure. Um, and then we kind of ended with a fun exploration of our seedlings and budding medicines. Yeah, and hopefully this will be maybe a conversation that gets sparked for you yes. with yourself. I mean, what the beauty of this question to me and why I love it so much is to ask like, what does it mean to be you, yeah. right? And and what does it mean to be you in service mm -hmm. to the greater good, mm -hmm. right? That's a powerful question. It um, is. And I think it's worth, worth... And it's like, is there a more important question to answer in this lifetime? I don't, I not don't sure. know. Not I'm sure. not sure. If there is, listeners, please let us know. <laughs> I would like to be asking that question, too. <laughs> anyway. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so in three ways. You yeah. know them by now. You can become a patron. Patreon.com slash couple, And we'll have a link to our PayPal in the show notes at thefaroutlife if you want to make a one-time donation. That's right. You can also share this conversation with a friend. That is really how this podcast grows. And then, like, share it and have a conversation. Like, just yeah. if anyone, like, this is the best kind of conversation to have with a friend. Just like, go to your friend and be like, bro, what's your medicine? Bro, and when they're like, what, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? I'll be like, dude, you need to listen to the Far Out podcast. <laughs> then talk to me. We'll have a dialogue. <laughs> bro, what's your medicine? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, that sounds I like good. shirts like that. Yeah. Bro, what's your medicine? <laughs> we should make that. <laughs> Who's game for a Far Out podcast Merch, and uh, we might we might do that. Anyway, the third way you can support this podcast is by leaving a review at Apple Podcasts. And actually, the fourth way, bonus one, is buy some cacao. Buy some cacao. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Anyway, I think that's it for love now. Love you all. We love you. Toodles. Toodles.